all the way from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, by way of Sacramento, California. This is Kings in the North podcast. And now, the starting two for your listening pleasure. Standing six feet four inches tall at a Jesuit high school, the half-Greek freak, Nick Economy. And standing six feet tall out of McClatchy High School, Big Baller Ben. Kings of the North podcast is sponsored by Cash Considerations. For donations, hit up our Patreon. Welcome to the first show in No Shave November, and let me tell you, if things keep going like this, we won't be shaving until mid-June. Now, it's hard not to freak out. Um, let's try and decipher this start. Yeah, we had four games um, this week, uh, all on the road, ending ending the road trip. Um, we went 3-1, and one, and... Uh, Looked really good in the first three games, pushed the pace, kind of uh, you know fell off in the in the final game of this little road trip. But we were playing one of the best teams in the league currently mm-hmm. so far through this young season. Yeah, the uh, the eight and one Milwaukee Bucks, led by the Greek Freak um, and Tony Snell, of course. Basically, no, they, they have a great squad out there in Milwaukee. Um, all around, really interesting. We're full disclosure. We're recording during the fourth quarter, and they still have a lot of their starters on the court. Giannis is still out there. John Henson, who's not technically a starter, but probably their main center, if not Brooke Lopez, um, still out on the court, as well as a couple of other key guys. Instead of playing some of that deeper bench, interesting to watch. Same thing happened the other day when Giannis was entered into that concussion protocol. So, I don't know what Buddenholzer's doing here, but just an interesting little thing. Um, yeah, let's let's get into it. Um, going back a few days with, with Miami. Um, we went into South Beach. Real slow start. Um, I think on the road, that's a great learning experience for a young team. Um, wins have been really hard to come by in, uh, in South Beach um, for the Kings. We played a great second and third quarter. Uh, outscoring the Heat uh, by 22 points in those periods, which literally, not literally, which actually um, allowed us to work with a fourth quarter lead, something that's also a a great learning experience for a young team, how to take a lead into the fourth quarter and keep it. We would eventually do that. Um, We held the double-digit lead basically throughout the whole fourth quarter, um, winning the game by 10. We had four players in double digits. That was the lowest total of the season. But the core four of Willie Trill, Nemanja Bielitsa, Buddy Love, and D. Fox combined for 90 points. Um, so huge contributions from those four. Um, Willie was out-rebounded by former King Hassan Whiteside, who grabbed 24 boards. Uh, not, not really the end of the world. Hassan is one of the premier rebounding bigs in the league, him and Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. Um, However, outside and De- and Demarcus of Demarcus went healthy. Yeah, and outside of the paint, with two of those three guys, they're they're really useless. Um, especially Whiteside. I mean, you saw what happened to him in that Seventy Sixers Miami series last year. Um, another big little factoid for you guys: uh, this is the first time in the last 25, 35, 35 years when since the Kings have moved to Sacramento. That we've beaten Miami since in Miami back-to-back times. So since 84, 85. 85. Uh, uh, yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, the, the all-time record is is very heavy in Miami's favor. Um, 
there was one point where I don't think we won there for like 13 years. And then we also, getting into it later, there was also, we snapped a long uh, losing streak in Atlanta too. So those wins down south are, you know, few and far between. So these were, these were, this was a great road trip for the Kings. An interesting little thought experiment. I mean, Miami's probably going to be a playoff team I think in the so. East. It'd be interesting to think where the Kings might land if we were an Eastern Conference team. Um, Especially prob- in that division. Yeah, I mean, we, we could probably be, I mean, maybe not, we could be pushing playoff, maybe not top half, definitely not top half, but somewhere in that 6-8 to eight seed, 6-9, to nine, somewhere in that range in the East. Yeah, earlier this season um, on Inside the NBA, uh, Charles, Sir Charles said in the West, outside of Sacramento, there are no easy wins. He then came back the next week and said that Sacramento would win 42 games and lock up the eighth spot in the West. Um, I don't know if there's a hotter take than that right now. I don't still don't see that happening. I'm trying to be positive. This win streak's been fun. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not going to go as far as changing my whole belief system off of one week. Although we played really well in Orlando and Atlanta. If you want to, if you have anything else to say about Miami, we can get into Orlando. Yeah, let's just move on to Orlando. Another interesting, really young team. Um, a team with a, a lot of length, mm-hmm. but no point guard. And Aaron Gordon, who might also be Aaron Judge. You never yeah, know. Yeah, ne- which one? He's a great Halloween never costume. Know. Really great one. Um, but back to them as a team. Interesting. They, they're they about a point guard away from actually being a 500 team. Mm-hmm. But without that point guard, they have no one to lead that offense. And it's really confusing because they have Mo Bamba, Jonathan Isaac, and Aaron Gordon, three of the longest players in the league, and no shooters. So until they have that offensive presence, they're not going to be going anywhere. And it really showed there in the fourth quarter when we took over the game Mm -hmm. and closed it out. Yeah, we we kept it under 100, played some solid um, Team D. This game was just interesting, you know, just to look at, like, before it even tipped off, because last year the Magic started really hot, and they were the standout team, you know, in the first month of the year, three weeks, month of the year, um, before completely falling off. And so this year we met them with, you know, a, they, they, they came in with a 2-5 and five record, and obviously we came in um, with, what, four, four wins at that point. So, um... It, it was just interesting. It kind of seemed like, you know, the the uh, seasons had, had flip-flopped a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, every te- everybody is always quick to try to find the next hot team mm-hmm. or even the next team that's going to start like Orlando and lose a lot later. And, and I think you found that with the Kings, but you never I mean, know. You never know. We might get hot. You never know what teams are going to start tanking later in the year. So... I mean, we have no reason to tank, so we could probably rack up a couple wins throughout the later portions of the season. Yeah. Um, for for this game in the Magic Kingdom, um, we had six players in double figures led by Buddy's 25. This was uh, a big 13 minutes for Costa Kufis. Four points, five boards. We were talking about this during the Milwaukee, uh, the first half of the Milwaukee game. This is like someone we're never going to run a set for, but he always cleans up the mess. He's always there to like bust up a stagnant play with the patented half hook, patent pending bald spot. Um, Does a great job creating space for other players with his good screens. Um, I mean, he's he's consistent. 
and that's that's what you want in the veteran. I was just gonna say that's all you can ask for with this team is just someone to come in and like make it a little easier when Marvin and Willie are in foul trouble, which this season has been every game. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense. Both of those players' play styles are high motor, pretty physical, and Willie is always looking for that block, which I mean isn't good, but isn't a bad thing. It just does get him in potential for foul trouble. Um, anything else to say about Orlando? Um, no, other than just, like I said before, keeping him under 100 points. That's the second time on the year we've kept a team under 100 in this new fast-paced league with the 14-second shot clock. It's just, you know, that, those are hard to come by, so that's always good to see. Um, on a hot Atlanta. Uh, we blew out the Hawks. Loved every second of it. Yeah, a little. It was actually pretty close at half, wasn't it? It was maybe a seven-point game. Not mm-hmm. not terribly blown out, but by the end of the third, it was over. Yeah, we we just took us to six and three, but brought, ugh, brought the win streak to five. Um, this was this was big. Like I said before, we hadn't won in uh, in ATL since two thousand six. Which is pretty wild, because their teams haven't been that great, you know, all that time. They had the 60-win team, like, five years back. Yeah, 2012. Um, Since then, haven't looked too hot. But, this was one thing, I pointed this out, saw this on the old Instagram Explore. We handed Vince Carter the loss that put him first on the list of all-time losses for an individual player. This is great, because, well, we love Vince, but also, the the, uh, the only team with 3,000 total losses, you know, handed him... The uh, the record, so that was surprised fun to see. I mean, I'm I know these teams were great for a long time, but I'm surprised teams like the Lakers and the Celtics and the Bucks, who've been around since basically the inception of the league, don't have more losses. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's a, a weird stat. But hey, why not us? Yeah, why not us? Anyway, in Atlanta, the biggest difference maker was the 46 points that the Kings put up. To Atlanta's 23 in the third quarter. Yeah, I was just going to... Great point. We dropped 115 after three. Yeah. And we still outscored them in the garbage time fourth quarter. I mean, this was our version of the Pelicans game. Um, where Second game of the... Third? Yeah, second game, second of the, game. Second game of the year. We almost put up 150 in regular time. Pretty crazy to think about. This is the second time we've put up more than 145 points since moving to Sacramento. Oh, First that was time an ugly since shot. That was a terrible shot. Like like we said, we're watching this during the fourth quarter. Oh, that was Della Vadova. Yeah, that was uh, former Cavalier great Matthew Della Vadova. Former uh, St. Mary's great, of course, Matthew Della Vadova. But um, real gym rat. Real gym rat. Back to the stats. This is this, the first time since 1992 that we have scored more than 145 points in regulation. The, I don't know if this is a hot take or not. I'm expecting a couple more games north of 140. I think at least one or two. Yeah, I, I, I um, really see us scoring that many points. We'll play Atlanta at home once this year, and their defense literally looks like it couldn't stop. You know we got the Suns coming up in a couple weeks. So yeah, that's a, that'll be a fast-paced, high-scoring game. Shootout. Um, yeah, you never know. I mean, somebody gets hot on our team. We have the potential to put up 130 a night. So 140 isn't insane. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, we had five players in double figures, led by De'Aaron Fox's first career triple-double. The stat line was amazing. 31-15-10. The youngest player with 30-15-10, breaking a record held by the maestro of the Showtime Lakers, Irving Magic Johnson. 
And second youngest to ever put up a 30-point triple-double behind the King. So, it's a pretty great Are we comparing to De'Aaron to Magic and LeBron? Yeah, we Obviously. are. Obviously. We are. He's great. Probably better than both. I mean, why not? Um, a big 27 from Buddy. Looking great. Honestly, really proved me wrong. I love to hate on the guy, but, it, you know, playing really well. Uh, Belly added a big 19. Um, even Ben McElmore contributed. Three points in six minutes, so to each their own. The Hawks didn't look all bad, like we said. First half wasn't too, you know, lopsided. Lynn Sanity, 23 points in 23 minutes. Trey Young added 14 and 10. Who knows, in a couple years, you know, they might not be bottom of the pack. They're not great now. Yeah, one thing about Buddy, um, really hot start to start the year. He's shooting 53% from the field. 40, almost 49% from three at five a game, which is incredible. Um, and st- like everybody on the Kings, struggling from the free throw line, but much less than everybody else with uh, just over 82% or about 82%. So definitely a good player for us so far. Probably one of our key guys moving forward. Hopefully he continues to develop. I mean, fifty, almost 50% from three is pretty unsustainable. But it is a positive sign that he's shooting at such a high clip. And I think a solid 40 from three is very realistic for Buddy. I mean, even 45, I think, is possible. So, I mean, his career average is about 42%. Hopefully he improves on that this year. But, yeah, it's a really, really interesting start for him. Really fun to watch and been playing really well. Some good ball. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess now we can move on to the game that brought us back down to earth. Somewhat, um, Milwaukee in uh, in Milwaukee against obviously the Bucks the at new, the brand new Pfizer Forum. Yeah, the new arena, um, where everyone's getting new arenas. Um, first quarter stifled with some you know by some untimely fouls, and I, I, again I'm getting fined. Some terrible officiating. The bigs are in foul trouble. Marvin came in to uh, alleviate you know uh, Willie's foul trouble, and then. Marvin had three fouls in seven minutes. Almost immediately. It was, you know, it was kind of tough to watch in the first half. We were down by 22. It, that's a tough team to stop. You'd think because of Brooke, Brooke Lopez playing on the outside on the perimeter a lot that you'd have less fouls from your bigs. But Giannis is such a force that help defense is just necessary. And it, it draws all everybody inside. It was still pretty close at the end of the first. Um, yeah, we actually went up seven. We we there was a it was you know it's always a game of runs. But the first quarter was really interesting because we came out like a little slow start, missed the first three shots. Then we call a timeout and go up fourteen seven, and we're looking hot. And then they call a timeout, score eight straight, and you know, then there's the, obviously the TV timeout. Games televised up here in the Great White North uh, National TV. And after going up fifteen to fourteen. They kind of never looked back. Um, it, it wasn't all bad in the in the second half. Um, throughout the game, you know, there's some bright spots, namely Buddy Heald. Um, the, in the first half, Buddy and De'Aaron put up uh, 14 and 10 respectively. Justin Jackson had a good good little game um, in the first, putting uh, seven points on five shots in 12 minutes, and you know, came in in the in the second half, more of the same. Um, the one standout for me 
It was, uh, in, in the negative standout was Iman Shumpert. He got the start. His last start, he put up like 20, I believe 26 points. Um, couldn't, couldn't do that. Couldn't replicate that today. Started one for six, 0 for four from three, two points on 16, uh, two, or sorry, two points in 16 minutes in the first. Not, not what we needed. Um, like you said before, Willie was in foul trouble. He had five fouls with, uh, 9-13 left in the third. And that was kind of just a recipe for uh, disaster as uh, as far as, you know, guarding Giannis. Willie is the only guy that, you know... Bagley looked also pretty good guarding Giannis. That's true. I was saying Willie... Willie has Willie, the length. Willie has the combination of the, the body and the experience, whereas Marvin... And, and one thing that he's really improved on this year, the footwork. Correct. A lot better. Um... But yeah, it, it takes a unique player to be able to guard a unicorn like that. Um, that's why these guys are going to be the future of the league. Yeah. Him, Chris Stapps. I, I mean, they're pretty incredible, just physical specimens, and pretty tough to guard. So, uh, really, really interesting to watch. Fun to watch guys, but really uh, a tough game for them. Troy Williams blocked by the rim. Yeah, he, you know he had a, he had a decent game actually. He hit a couple shots. Troy Williams has been a fun, uh, fun little experiment. Yeah, from Stockton, know, a bit of a, a a diamond in the rough. So pretty interesting to see how he's played so far. But I like the nothing one, really big to complain about with his game. Correct, and I like the the um, you know using all the resources to our advantage. We have the players in Stockton. Why not send Ben Macklemore down there and bring up someone who's, you know, going to put some minutes in? Or so, not. So, adding on to your um, your, your criticism of Amon, really a tough night for him. Five points on two of eight shooting. Uh, led the team by 12 points on plus-minus at minus 34 Next closest was Nemanja with minus 22. Who didn't have a great game himself. This yes. was the first... This was the first game I thought to myself, all right, take him out. This is, I mean, this is what they talk about where, you know, De'Aaron and Buddy and Willie are probably going to be pretty consistent on offense and defense. If Willie We need can... a little help from the rest of the team. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it wasn't the core four today. Nemanja wasn't, you know, balling out. Willie was in foul trouble. Yeah. So the, the backcourt, you know, they played well enough, but I don't know. Again, we're giving up. 135, 140 points, and I mean that's com- that's not sustainable. Every we, we we're not gonna be able to score that much every night. Yeah, and um, one thing that we both noticed was the Kings have given up the most open three pointers f- against like any team this is in like, the league so far. This is like a stat. It's not just us yeah. looking at the screen. And this is the first game where teams have actually started hitting them. We got very lucky on this road trip of teams missing open shots. Yeah, and I, I mean, some of that might be due to the pace that we are playing at, but a lot of it is going to be the better teams we face are going to hit threes at a higher clip, and we can't be giving up so many open looks, so many good looks from three. So something to work on going forward. Uh, another stat that we just started tracking for your, for your, uh, our faithful listeners because we need another statistic uh, is points left on the board from poor free throw shooting. Yeah, and because I mean every team misses free throws, we're we're taking this as as 
percentage from 75%, which, which is, is about the league average. And very realistic for this Kings team. Yeah. We have good shooters. They're just missing from the line. So, in this, just in the last week, we haven't gone all the way back and looked at the first few games. But against Miami on Monday, we shot eight free throws under 75%. Orlando on Tuesday, we shot seven free throws under. Atlanta, we were actually at 75 And today versus Milwaukee, we shot six free throws under 75%. So, one thing to look at is none of these would result in like a direct... You know, win or loss. Yeah, a change in the in the the win column. It's just something that needs to be addressed. We've talked about this since day one. And every time that you miss a free throw, one, you're giving away free points. But two, it's a bit deflating for the team. Like everybody in the stadium kind of gives it a groan, like it looks down, is just like a little upset, and it hurts your momentum moving forward. Yeah, and especially when you're on the road and you're missing free throws, it just gives the 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 fans an opportunity to go crazy. Maybe win a fast food item. Yeah. If you miss two in a row. Yeah, not that Jack buttery Jack. So something we'll keep track of for you guys. Moving on to next week, three pretty decent matchups. We got Toronto on Wednesday in Sacramento. The T Wolves on Friday in Sacramento, and the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, in sack as well. This is at a, your home court. This is a prime time matchup. The but, first time we see our same state rivals for the year. Yeah, let's let's go back to Toronto on Wednesday. Look for that Ben McLemore, Kawhi Leonard beef. Yeah, that Ben one, McLemore one, losing the ball. That one sided beef. Um, if he even gets any minutes at all, I think we're gonna match up okay with Toronto. Um, save Kawhi. Um, you know he's a generational player, but. I think, I, I think, actually, we might match up better with Toronto than we did with the Bucks. I agree. One of our biggest uh, struggling points in the season is dominant bigs. Guys like Jokic, guys like Giannis, guys like uh, AD. And while extremely talented, Kawhi is a very average-sized player. So hopefully we can limit him to 20 to 25 points. And make his de- his his defensive presence less felt by the by our pace. Yeah, I think one thing for this game, it's the first game back at home since the hot start. You know, look for the fans to get loud. Um, it's scheduled to be Bogdan Bogdanovich's first game back from arthroscopic knee surgery. Humor me for a minute. Say the game is close throughout. How many minutes do you think Bogdan gets? Um, I think and, he should be on a minute restriction at 20 most. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I, I mean I'd even say a nice 10 minute at, at the end of you know end of quarters yeah. to give someone a rest. Um, and the, the other thing is he, he missed a lot of the summer. I mean you've seen all the workout videos and things, but he missed a good portion of the beginning of summer all the way until like July and then he missed the end of summer moving into this game um, while he has been working out the last week or two. It's definitely not in full-on game shape, and I really want to ease him back from this. There's no reason to rush him and maybe even extend his time out. We're not pushing for anything this year. Let's ease him back. We've Our team's been playing well. No reason to rush. I agree. Um, I think you'd eventually think you know he'd be back in the starting lineup. He's a great ball player. Um, you know, end of November... Mid December, who do you think is the starting five? Like who takes to the bench 
for BB-8? I think f- right now, our starting five, I mean, by by the time Bogdan's fully healthy, our locks that you can say are locks right now are De'Aaron, Buddy, Willie. For sure locks. Um, your biggest question mark is, does Nemanja hit the bench for, uh, for Bagley? And does Iman or whoever, well, they'll probably for sure hit the bench for Bogdan at the three. Yeah, I would say, you know, later in, in the season, I think, you know, mid-December, Bogey's a lock. Yeah. I, I think, the one, you know, the difference from last year is obviously Buddy in the starting lineup. you got to throw him in there at, um, if he, you know, keeps this start up. Um, so I think you got, you know, your, your backcourt that's been working these first ten games. Mm-hmm. You got Bogdan, who's a playmaker, and, you know, the Serbian sniper. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to throw Nemanja in as well. Obviously, you know, they're national team teammates. You'd assume they work well together, best of friends, blah, blah, blah. I wouldn't mind seeing Nemanja as long as he's not getting more than maybe 28 minutes a game. Yeah. I still want to give a lot of minutes to the Rook and uh, continue, continue Bagley's development. I agree. I think... At some point, it doesn't matter who starts necessarily. I guess it does in the sense of you want to set the tone for the game. You want the first five to seven minutes. It's more about who closes. Who's your last five guys on the court? Correct. That's I, that's I the think, most and interesting. I don't, I don't think yet um, Marvin Bagley is there. I'd rather have Nemanja out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bagley I like there for, for maybe two out of the last five minutes. But he's still a big question mark. Especially with his free throw shooting in the closeout minutes of the game. Um, so yeah, let's there, move. there was a. I was just gonna say there was a stretch in this Milwaukee game where he missed like six straight, and it was, yeah. he just looked frustrated. Um, but that'll come with time. Yeah. So let's move on to the the T Wolves on Friday. You never know what you're gonna get with this team. Yeah, you might have Jimmy Butler yelling at the rest of his teammates, or you might have Derrick Rose going off for 50. Yeah, it's they're, they come in, I mean, well, not they don't, they don't come into this game because, you know, they got a couple games on slate, but currently they are 4-5. and five. They got some quality losses, as, you know, people like to say, to the Spurs, the Raptors, and the Warriors. Um, they're truly an anomaly um, in, you know, in this league right now. I think they're underperforming. But at the same time, you know, I don't think that they should be any higher than, you know, six wins right now. Six, um, you know, a, a record, you know, a similar record to the Kings of, uh, of six and four is, is realistic. Yeah, they, I, they beat down the, uh, not the, what, what's it called? I guess it's not a beat down. They, they beat the Pacers who are a good team. They beat yeah. the Cavs. Everyone but, beats the Cavs. But they were still they were within eight points of the Cavs, and they lost to the struggling Dallas Mavericks. It it's true. I you really don't know what you're gonna get. So at home, I I think we can win this game. I'm excited to see Bagley and Carl uh, Anthony Towns. I think that'll be a fun matchup. Um, I like you know I want to see Bogdan's second game back, work his way into the lineup. You know, hit some. Hit some shots from deep. Yeah, I think um, there's not a whole lot to say about this game. Timberwolves are a really weird team. They have uh, Canada's first son, Andrew Wiggins, who 
is a very weird player because he's very inefficient on defense and inefficient shooting, but extremely athletic and should be better than he is. So it'll be a fun matchup um, moving forward. The moment we've all been waiting for, first matchup with the Lakers this season. This is a rivalry renewed after top five pick Lonzo Ball has virtually dodged De'Aaron Fox every every chance he gets. But this rivalry is only made bigger after the off-season addition of one LeBron James. We've seen the plus-minus on Lonzo. So look for him to play in this one. They'd be stupid to not play him. Lonzo's, Lonzo, there's an argument to make to start him over Rondo, which they have been doing recently since the suspension. And it looks like it's working out for the Lakers pretty well. They've won a few of their last games. Yeah, they're getting closer to 500. Yeah, they, um, but still, we you've all seen the commercial on ESPN... For the meme team. Correct. And ESPN's not wrong. It's a very strange roster composed of a bunch of guys who are largely considered more likely to become shacting to fool MVPs than league MVPs. So, yeah, I was just looking this up the other day. Tickets to this game are few and far between. They're going for like 100 bucks on all the resale sites. So you lucky SOBs that have tickets, please get loud for us. Get to the game and get loud. And somebody win those tickets they keep advertising. The courtside seats that they advertise during the game. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Um, I, you know, This is one of those games I wish I was sacked for. Just to be, you know, all the frivolity of playing the Lakers and, you know, all the trash talking. Um, I, I think we're going to get a win. I think, I think we're going to win uh, two or three this next week. I think we're going to get a win versus T-Wolves, win versus L.A., um, I think the Raptors game... All, all, I, all I want out of that game is a consistent 48. If I can get 48 minutes, I'll be happy. I think one of the Raptors' biggest strong suits is their second unit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we're going to lose the game. I think we could hang with their first unit. But, I mean, that, that second team they have with OG and Van Vliet and a couple other guys is really strong. And it's that's why they're so good during the regular season. Um, and once the, the lineup shortened in playoffs, they struggle. So hopefully we can stick with them a bit and maybe even just make it con- competitive towards the end. Okay, um, now everyone's favorite segment, what city, what song. We've already previewed. we got three games on set, Toronto, Minnesota, and L.A. So I'll, I will go first. Uh, for Toronto, I'm picking Rush, YYZ, or up here, YYZ. It is the... Uh, Airport code for Toronto International. It's a uh, you know halfway decent song by a good band, and that's my pick. Yeah, I think for Toronto, I went with uh, a nice Drake classic. Started from the bottom, now we here. Because just like the Raptors, we've both been at the bottom for a long time, and slowly but surely we're making our way up through the league. And now, right now, we're at the middle of the pack. Yeah, good pick. Uh, always a fan. All right, on to Minnesota. Not, you know, too many options for uh, the Twin Cities area. Um, I'm going to have to go with Prince. What song? I'm picking Purple Rain um, because I'm hoping uh, our boys in purple are going to, you know, rain down some threes. So I'm picking Prince, Purple Rain for Minnesota. Um, for me, I went with. The semi-sonic one-hit wonder song, Closing Time, featuring...
featured in the office you may recall mm-hmm. uh it, it it's gonna be a fun little analogy because when we do beat the timberwolves it'll be closing time for jimmy butler's career in minnesota so look for him to be traded away next week um that's a bold prediction a little hot take for you all but uh hopefully it happens in a place that's on Jimmy Butler's radar, L.A., um, we obviously we got the Lakers. For L.A., I'm picking the game, My Life. This is a song near and dear to my heart. You used to love listening to this one. Um, this is off, I believe, the LAX album. Um, wonderful album. Love the game. You know, fun tattoos. Weird Instagram page. L.A., I'm picking the game, My Life. For L.A., I went with uh, a real L.A. staple, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Under the Bridge. Because Under That Same Bridge is where you'll find Luke Walton next week after he's fired. <laughs> that is, that's a wonderful breakdown. Um, and that's why we love uh, What City, What Song. Um, until next week, um, where we have a whole new slate of cities and songs for you. A couple fun news stories out of Sacramento shifting the focus. The Sacramento Zoo. All near and dear to our hearts is moving out of the Lampark neighborhood. They stated this was because of a lack of parking and the failing infrastructure. That's the reason they're bailing on 90 plus years in the neighborhood. I mean, if you've been to Land Park, you can agree with that parking statement. Correct. Real that, struggle. It is. That was 1927, the year the park, or sorry, the year the uh, zoo went in. That is actually the same year my parents' house in Land Park was built. That is the same year that Michigan Stadium hosted its first game. But Ben, why are we talking on a show about the Kings, about the Sacramento Zoo? Because, my friends, what huge underused space with ample parking is located just a few miles from downtown? And right off of two major freeways. You got it. Arco Arena. That could be home to the Sacramento Zoo. It's the perfect use of space for our team's old stomping grounds. The, uh, Sa- the city of Sacramento has stated it wants to relocate the zoo to Arco. Um, obviously, tearing down the arena, there's not going to be, you know, Slamson will be the only lion running, running wild in, uh, in the bowels of Arco. Another piece of team news. We lost the 2022 All-Star bid to the mistake on the lake, Cleveland, Ohio. Really a head-scratcher here. This is probably... LeBron's last All-Star. You never know with this guy. He could go forever. But it's probably going to be the last time he's walking in the hallowed halls of the queue. It might be the first time we see a father-son duo suit up for an All-Star game if Bronny Jr. turns out the way that everybody expects him to. Which, if you've seen the kid play, he's like 13 years old and he's like 6'8". Yeah, he's beaten both of us for sure. But um, no need to worry. This was a two-year bid for the All-Star game. The jury's still out on 2023. Um... As far as 2022 is concerned, the league cited a lack of hotel space as the number one factor um, for not picking uh, the 916. So the Kings countered with the most Kings plan. This is, this is something straight out of Vivek's skull. This is like, it's up there with the four on four on five. This defense. is wild. Apparently, we're partnering with luxury cruise ships, bringing. Um, these these vessels into Old Sacramento and the Port of Sa- Port of Sacramento and West Sac, as well as partnering with Airbnb to get to this magic number of six thousand four star hotel rooms that the league requires to host an All Star game. Right now, Sacramento's at three thousand four star hotel rooms. 
I, I don't know if, you know, we're bringing, you know, the Jolly Roger up the river to to, to help this out. Um, all, all I have to say about this is, Commissioner Silver, you can sleep on my pull-out couch. I'll serve you breakfast in bed. Just give us the All-Star game. Um, that's it for the news stories. Um, now we're going to do a little breakdown on GQ. Dave threw 10 games. All right, GQ Dave Yeager. This week became the longest tenured Kings head coach after our Lord and Savior Rick Adelman was let go. Um, he took this honor from Paul Westfall, a coach many of you have forgotten. Used to be the, the record holder in the NBA for best rookie season as a coach. And it went all downhill from there. There was lots of feuds with players. Um, wasn't a play, you know, quote-unquote player's coach, and we canned him. And then his title was usurped by Steve Kerr. Um, yeah. GQ Dave, uh, the perks of playing on NBA TV uh, are, you know, more media coverage. So GQ Dave gave a little, you know, interview, an off-the-cuff interview with NBA TV outlining the success, uh, early success for our team. He, he said that the pace of play that's tailored towards De'Aaron Fox has been extremely helpful for everyone um, specifically citing like the 30 extra possessions that this pace of play is creating makes everyone feel more comfortable because there's not a need to score every trip down the court. He says if the ball goes off your foot or if there's an errant pass out of bounds, it's okay because you can just get back, play defense, and you know you have more possessions to make that up later in the game. It's allowing people to play you know, more comfortably, a relaxed atmosphere that's really helping the young team. Um, I, that was a good take by Dave. I like that. And and it's evident um, if you look at the change in points scored per game between last year and this year. The team with the most the the biggest difference is the Kings, followed closely by the Lakers. But it shows not just how much the players have improved, but how much this pace really does help out scoring. And it wears down teams. Yeah. Uh, GQ Dave also cited the, the huge start for Buddy Heald, who Dave was noting is a couple timely free throws away from the 50-40-90 club. We've highlighted that too. That'd be a great honor for uh, for Buddy Heald. Um, GQ Dave outlined were third in field goal percentage, fourth in three-point percentage, so he knows the stats as well as we do. He's probably hearing them. Um, that Vladi's probably in his ear. Yeah, daily basis. Um, and he outlined Fox's workout, his summer, you know, summer workout, bulking up, shooting the ball, coming in with 58% true shooting percentage. Big improvement from last year. Huge Just under 50. So. Oh, yeah, almost a, a, a 10%. 10% increase. Um, so I, I like what I hear from GQ Dave. I think he, a little piece, a little piece of him hates the way we play because he's such a defensive-minded coach, but. Even on the win. defensive side, we've tightened up a lot. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think he likes giving up 130 games. Yes, exactly. I don't think anyone does. No. Um, so I think you know, obviously, we're not, you know, going to can this guy in the middle of the year. And I think oh. he's made a good, although anything's possible with this with the front office. I think he's made a good case to just, you know, kind of what. As sorry for this parallel, but kind of what Jim Harbaugh is doing at the University of Michigan. Just leave him alone. They'll figure it out eventually. I think that's... Yeah, I mean, there's there's something to be said for 
I mean, a lot for our struggles in the last few years and how much we changed coaches and how much stability really helps, not just with players' development, but with just overall team development and team bonding and understanding a style of play. And I think the longer we have Dave around, I mean, obviously we might plateau at some point, um, but the longer we have Dave around, the only the better the team's going to get. Yeah, and it ups the spray tan per capita in Sacramento, which is always great. Yeah, gotta gotta shout out California Sun. Love <laughs> your commercials. All right, and now we got our first caller on the show, a weekly listener, a lifetime friend, and recent transplant to the city of LA. He's loving the King's start as much as anyone else. We got Noah Justin. Hey guys, how are you doing? And uh, you know. I don't really like to start after today's game, but we got some uh, positives came out of there. All right, let's let's get right into it. Um, what's it like being a Kings fan in Southern California? Obviously, a little preface: my man's working for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, name drop. Yeah, we we name drop as much as we can around here. What's it What's it like being that Kings fan in LA? Well, uh, as you guys know, being Kings fans in BC, it's kind of a joke everywhere you go. Everyone just like, oh yeah, you're a Kings fan? That sucks. Like, that's pretty much all you get. And all people talk about here is LeBron. There's a lot of real Lakers fans, but I, there's a lot of people that just, you know, hopping on the LeBron train. Yeah, so, I mean, that, really it's a good, that's a good train to hop on if you want to hop on it. Yeah, 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 says yeah, the like, guy jumping on the LeBron train as it rides by. Warriors, you know. So anyways, uh... Yeah, I mean, no one really gives you the respect you deserve. Not like we really deserve any sort of respect, but, you know, no one no one believes in the conspiracy of O2. I try to preach that to everyone, and they're really not having it. You know, he, we got a hotter start than the Lakers right now. you got to give it to them. You know, tell them about the Kobe rape allegations and make sure. You know, I read an article the other week that said, when, why the f*** isn't Kobe Bryant a pariah yet? Oh, when... And I agree. Be, yeah, I... What, was that the thing where... He was picked to do some award show, and then they pulled him the last minute or something? Yeah. And the article was basically about how, like, nobody even talks about the fact that he, like, legit. Like, everyone's like, oh, Kobe, like, such a great guy, great yeah, athlete. The, the like, me too at the Oscars, crazy. but not Kobe too. Yeah. All right, Note, so uh, we got you on the show. We're going to have you play What City, What Song, America's Favorite Game, um, besides Pregnant or Fat. Let me, let me give you the next uh, three opponents. Toronto, Minnesota, L.A., Obviously, you know, the fans have heard our votes. I, I just told you uh, our our entries into the list. Toronto, what do you got? Uh-huh. Well, uh, you know, Toronto, Minnesota, two big hockey cities. I'm a big hockey guy. And uh, there's nothing that uh, makes me think about Canada and skating up the ice than uh, Rush. And so I'm going to go with Tom Sawyer by Rush just because uh, it reminds me of hockey, it reminds me of Toronto. And no slapping the bass. Yeah. Um, yeah. No slap at a bass. No love guru songs for the Toronto Maple Leafs. That was dude. a really underrated hockey movie. All if right. you haven't seen it, check it out. Jacques Lecoq Grande. Yeah, you know, and like, Pierce honestly. In, in the crease. Yeah, you know, the Quebec pizza. Yeah, you know, uh, my man Darren Roanoke for the Leafs really goes off uh, week in and week yeah. out. All right. Minnesota, my man. Minnesota. You know, this is a tougher one because I'm still thinking hockey and, uh, Stuff like that, but I'm gonna go with uh, Thriller because of the wolf howling noise in the beginning of the song. Hey, that works. And, uh, you know, that's all I can really think of for those. 
Yeah, that's good. All right, and uh, the city you now call home, Los Angeles. Well, uh, you know, everyone loves Ice Cube, so I'm going to have to go with uh, You Know How We Do It by Ice Cube. It's a real peaceful song. Makes you, you know, driving top down, down Sunset Boulevard. One more scripted question, and then we'll give you some time to talk about whatever the hell you want. Let me get a... <laughs> Let me get a uh, prediction on the season, a record. Man. I mean, after seeing today's game, you kind of brought you back down to earth a little bit. Exactly. I, mean, I was, I just get a little hyped. They were talking earlier in the group chat about how Isaac was just getting super hyped in the beginning of the season. I get like that every season. You watch De'Aaron Fox play, you're getting hyped as hell. But realistically, we're looking at a nice 28-win season, maybe 30 and unless something, unless these guys just you know break out and do something insane, and from what I saw today, it's not looking like it's necessarily the case. But we haven't seen Bogdan back in the lineup. You know, Serbian sniper, one of my favorite guys, gonna be back with his homie Nemanja Bjelica. Belly, as they call horribly him. tonight. <laughs> I don't see him going crazy, but I like to, I like to watch the talent win or loss. Dude, have you guys read that New Yorker article? Side note. It's basically about the whole story of how Vivek... It was written in, like, 2007. Yeah, it's Vivek's... It's all about how revolutionary Vivek was at coaching girls' basketball. Oh, yeah, his <laughs> daughter's <laughs> basketball team. Yeah, his daughter, Angelie World, follower on Instagram, very attractive. Did a song with Tyga. It's all good. Yeah. She's a regular old star. Takes... But yeah, Vivek's always got the crazy ideas, and he just, you know, four on five. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that this year. Here's the Jake title. David how David out. Beats how, Goliath. How David Beats Goliath is this is the name of this New Yorker. And it's... Yeah. It's, it's, ter- yeah. it's, it's awful. It's yeah. basically a, a Vivek <laughs> fest telling everyone that he's this revolutionary mind in basketball. He's really just coaching a middle school team. If we were, if we were going to go to middle school, you know, maybe we can implement the four-on-five and have a successful almost state title run. He almost went to the state title in girls' middle school basketball with Anjali at the point. Almost. She's a regular disher and dasher, that one. <laughs> a dipsy do dunkaroo. Damn, I mean... What about, the, what about the, the Kings hiring the old Vancouver manager? Yeah, the LA Kings just can their coach. Yeah, I know. I got the notification on my phone. I thought we fired Dave. That's what yeah, I know. Real, real hot, Dave. <laughs> we, 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 we thought the same thing. I was, I, like, I was freaking out. I was just like... This again, but you know it was just the old uh, the the old you L.A. Know, Kings. You know who's not coming out of the West? Oh, your Canucks. Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> it, it's 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 the parallel to the Kings is interesting because the tickets are hella expensive. The they don't sell a ton of seats. Like this year, we're 29th in uh, attendance for like the Kings. So who's exciting? The Sedin twins have retired, right? Yeah, yeah, they retired last year. The Sedin sisters. All right, Fidget McGee. Thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate your time. All right, Noah Jay. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we love having you. Can't can't wait to see you in a, in a few weeks. Um, give them hell down there in L.A. and uh, tell Arnold I said hi. Yep. Thank you for having me on, guys. Love to be here. We'll be on here whenever you need me. All right, now with us to close out the show, everybody's favorite segment, Dirty Dan's Hot Take of the Week. Returning from the frontier of Red Dead Redemption 2 is our, everybody's best friend, Daniel Archer. Dan, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. All right, so I think, Dan, you're 
What do you like? One for I don't know. One so for a lot. Really, one for two. A lot of them are still juries out. Yeah, that's true. I guess quantifiable data. You've gotten one correct, one hot take. It's gonna be a similar one this week. We got a prime time game. Two solid teams that are coming up this Friday. We got Boston, young Celtics squad poised to take the East by storm, and the Utah Jazz. Um, a, a solid club in the West. Obviously, I don't think they're getting past Golden State, but who knows? In a few years, this could be a finals matchup. You never know. So, Dan, the game is in Salt Lake. Who do you got, Boston or Utah? Uh, my professional opinion, I'm going to have to go with uh, Boston. Okay, that is a solid pick. I think Either gonna, team would have been fine, I really. think you're going to double your total this week, getting uh, two correct. So, uh, thanks for coming on, and we'll see you soon. And that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Good day, lads.